0: about that part my bad (laughs) it felt wrong to start without it uh hello welcome to today's episode of juicing the numbers your statistics in sports podcast i'm your host joshua tracy i'm corwin heller and uh welcome to the the uh news and headlines edition of the show um again i'm just gonna keep saying it for the next couple weeks if you are looking for the, if you're going, where's the Movies Edition? Because we all know you were clamoring for the Movies Edition today. Uh, it has moved to a different podcast. It is now on a podcast called Juicing the Big Screen, available where podcasts are available. Which is a dumb saying, because where else would they be? <laughs> uh, but, uh,
1: uh, ooh, that's a, You're not wrong. That's a pretty dumb...
0: All right? to, it's it's not like it's available where condoms are available As long as it's available where pizza is available There's only one place you'd reasonably find Podcasts and that's where you'd Find other podcasts but Fucking whatever man um, i here with your damn logic Josh Come on That's all I'm good for that and hot takes I would later disagree with myself on <laughs> Oh man The joys of listening back to your own shows and going No I don't think that's true to things that I said Now that um, you mention that I am now
1: So scared to go back and listen to like early NFL like predictions or discussion episodes.
0: Yeah, it's 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 weird listening back because like I'll listen to myself saying something and I'll consider an angle I hadn't considered and be like, well, you know, if I was there, I'd say this. And then think to myself, no, I'm listening to myself. I was there. I did not say this. Um, Any anyway. Uh, so it is. It is September second. It's around seven PM uh, as it stands right now. The uh, not as it stands right now. The MLB trade deadline is passed and coming back. <laughs> um, there's also been some light uh, transactions and rumors circulating in the world of the NFL. So we'll talk mainly about those two things. Maybe just take a, a, a peek at what's happening with the the NHL and the NBA just to just to give it lip service. But regardless, we're going to spend a lot of time talking baseball, talking football corwin are you ready uh yeah yeah i'm ready all right i guess I let's start something with, uh, witty
1: and then i didn't think of anything in time so i just said something dumb instead which is
0: and how it goes. that is the story of this podcast <laughs> corwin trying desperately to think of something witty and then not doing it um and yeah, anyway i
1: can put on my resume
0: yeah there you go that's a character reference for you uh, so let's start with the MLB, just because we have a lot of more definite stuff on that we can kind of kind of chit chat about. So uh, let's start with the I guess most recent trades and work our way back from there, just to give it some sort of logic. Um, so uh, Taiwan Walker had been has been traded from the Seattle Mariners to the Toronto Blue Jays um, in exchange for not much. I guess we could say Alberto Rodriguez. Um, and then Seattle also gave Taiwan uh, gave Toronto three hundred fifty three thousand um, dollars. Which like I, on one hand, I
1: bought into Walker as a prospect, like the first year I played dynasty baseball. So obviously I'm biased, um, but I thought he was better even after coming off Tommy John surgery. But, hey, man, it is what it is. Maybe this uh, – I you know, I assumed that, or at least I remembered, think I remembered that Alberto Rodriguez was a player to be named later.
0: Possibly not. Um, I think you're right. That yeah. sounds right anyway. Um, yeah, so first off, the fact that Taiwan Walker is 27 is crazy because if you had asked me before I looked at his baseball reference page, I would have assumed he was like 23. And It's right. crazy how fast time goes by. Um, he's having he's having himself a decent season, I would say. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he as it stands right now, he's a uh, three and two with a three twenty seven ERA, thirty three innings pitched, um, a FIP of four point six three. So he, his he's definitely getting relatively lucky uh, in regards to his lower ERA, but a WHIP just over just just under one point one. This is this is it's a pretty tidy. It's a great trade for Toronto because they gave up what I'm assuming is not much. Uh, they gave up an outfield prospect, which I can't imagine um, Toronto is really desperate for outfield production right now. I think it's it's definitely one of their weaker points, given how just how strong their infield is, really more than anything else. But. The, the the main thing that goes every single season is pitching every single team trying to make the playoffs is trying to shore up either their rotation um or their their bullpen and i think this is a great way of doing it toronto's toronto's assumed a bunch of like second and third starters meaning that they don't have the high end guy like hunjin ru is there and i think he's borderline between being like a true top 10 ace and being like a top five number two starter which is good enough for all intents and purposes for being the number one starter on a given team um but then there's i don't think there's too much really troubling behind them so i think this is this has been this is this is seeming to me to be a pretty decent acquisition here
1: yeah i'm all for it you know it's one of those things where again Toronto's trying to contend sooner rather than later. Seattle's trying to build up their prospect pool to see what they got. Still trying to rebuild, so works for both.
0: Alright, then let's go on down to uh, um, Brian Goodwin got traded from the Angels to the Reds in exchange for um, Packy Naughton. What the fuck name is Packy Naughton?
1: 80 grade 1920s name for sure.
0: Yo, seriously, Packy Naughton? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that? Hold on, what is a Packy Naughton? I need to find uh, out.
1: I assume a person, but that I'm is not certain.
0: All right, where do you think Packy Naughton's from? If I had to guess, Oklahoma, um, uh, Boston, uh. And now that I, really I read that, like that, I'm now no longer reading his name as Packy Naughton. I'm reading his name as Packy Naughton, and that makes a lot of sense.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, it does.
0: Uh, but he is a pitcher. He's, he, he's, he, he throws the ball um, as it stands in his 20s. No 2020 stats, which – oh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. There's no minor league season this year. So in 2019, he had a 3.32 ERA. Um, a 1.229 whip ain't great, it's not bad. Um, 157 innings pitched, though, so definitely a starter. Um, yeah. I'd say that makes sense. I'd say the Angels definitely don't need outfield depth, and they do need pitching depth, so that works.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where uh, like, I don't follow the Angels terribly closely, but Brian Goodwin is not exactly a, a name that excites me.
0: Yeah, that's the weird part of about this, I would think, because as it stands right now, Brian Goodwin's sitting at a zero point one war on the season. Um, granted, that does carry with it a one sixteen OPS plus, so he's definitely hitting a you know, above average, which I right. I guess is all Cincinnati's really looking for out of this trade. So it seems like good enough short term value for Cincinnati with good long-term value for Los Angeles. That's, I guess, how I would put that.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Uh, Let's see what else we got. Archie Bradley getting traded from Arizona to Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati now trying to shore up the starting pitching um, in the present, not looking at the future, like with the packing ought trade And from them, Arizona... Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Uh, Oops. Whoops. Uh, John. And then uh, Arizona acquires from them Josh Van Meter and Stuart Fairchild. And wow, is this the summer of fun baseball player names being traded. Uh, what do you think of this trade? Um, I mean,
1: I'm a fan of Cincinnati's uh, acquisition here. I really honestly don't know what the different dollar amounts are with this. Maybe that's like prorated salary for the rest of the year. Maybe something else that would make a lot more sense because you have the hundred thousand dollars underneath Archie Bradley. Um, but yeah, I think Cincinnati wins this one. Uh, they are trying to compete this year. Archie Bradley's a very good relief pitcher who could fill in as their you know setup closer, whatever role they need filled there. So I'm for all (laughs) for that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I don't really see anything exciting coming out of um, uh, either of these prospects from Cincinnati. But at the same time, I think Arizona has been good about player development recently and trying to get good value out of um, their trades in an attempt to not be terrible and just be mediocre so that they can pivot to being kind of okay, uh, unlike how other teams do it, where they go to the bottom of the basement and then slowly try to crawl their way out. Um, so it's nice seeing Cincinnati being a push, though. They haven't really been competitive in, oh, man. It feels like eight years, but that also seems like a way too long of a time. But, yeah, good for Cincinnati. Um, do you care about Tampa Bay trading away Anthony Banda to the Giants? Not at all. All right, me neither. Um, Do you care about this Seattle-San Diego trade for Matt Brash and Taylor Williams? Um, I do, only because... Do you know who Taylor Williams is? Not off the top of my head, no.
1: I don't either, Uh, and I didn't before this trade happened, I should say. Uh, Turns out he was Seattle's closer. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, like, blew my mind when I first saw that, because... He does not have spectacular stats this year, and uh, I've never heard of him before. Um, But I think overall this ends up being a a good trade for the Padres, at least uh, short term.
0: Um, So it should work out. All right, let's just keep kind of trucking down the list here. Uh, Do you care about David Phelps and Juan Geraldo being traded for Brandon Ramey and Israel Puello? Yeah, I mean, David Phelps, fairly good relief pitcher. Um,
1: I don't know anything about the other players involved in the trade, but if Philly's trying to compete and push, you know, see what they can do in the playoffs this year, might as well. You know, not bad. Can't have been too like too much to give up here. So,
0: All right. Um, Zach Short for Cameron Maben between the uh, Tigers and the Cubs. Why? Why do you have Cameron
1: Mabin right now?
0: Hey, I will say Cameron Mabin was weirdly fun for the Yankees when we had him. Must have been last year. I want to say it was two years ago, but no, it must have been last year. Um I, mean, like, I get that, but like is the Cubs
1: outfield that in like that bad shape? <laughs>
0: Let's find out. (laughs) Let's uh,
1: looking it up right now. That was me trying to buy some more time. So, their outfielders right now are Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ, Steven Souza Jr., Cameron Mabin, Nico Horner, and Jose Martinez. Now, who they also just trade for, and that's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, your starters are going to be what Ian Happ. Kyle Schwarber, Jason Hayward, mixing Nico Horner in there, probably at what like just as a utility guy wherever he's you know not filling in in the lineup elsewhere. But I I, yeah, I don't know I don't know how to how inspiring that is. Again I I don't know much about the players going the other way so I don't know if that's really just like a nothing trade giving up nothing you know. Don't know who Zach Short is, but it's whatever.
0: Uh, no idea who Zach Short is. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find it on baseball reference broken down by oh, here we go. Um Okay, so the the Cubs outfield as it stands right now 151, 152 T O P S plus? Why is the yeah, the way that makes it more confusing. Why would they need hitting that's really good ooh so look at this so as it stands right now the cubs dh spot has a tops plus of 42 that's not good no that's bad wow okay so that makes sense then if they if they got cameron maben to be reliable defense And be better than a 42 OPS plus hitter. So they could transition one of their better hitting outfields to DH to keep them fresh for longer. Then I understand that. That makes a lot of sense because that's bad. Wow. 42. Jeez Louise. Oh my God. All right. So then that makes sense. All right. This next one's super fun. I think so. The Texans uh, traded Robinson Chirinos and Todd Frazier. So not the Texans. Uh, The Rangers traded uh, Robinson Chirinos and Todd Frazier to the Mets in exchange for two players to be named later. And holy shit, is this the world's most confusing trade? Yeah. So first things first. I did not realize Todd Frazier was not still on the Mets. Right. Um. And secondly. Why do they need Robinson Chirinos? Like, Wilson Ramos is definitely a better catcher than that. And so, while I'm sure Robinson Chirinos is better than their number two catcher, is it worth trading for that?
1: So I've heard that they were not happy with Ramos for all of this season. At the same time, you know, like, they were trying to go after Austin Nola. They were trying to go after the guy that the Padres got from the Angels. Um I forget his name already. It's on this list. I could easily look it up, but I'm not going to. Um But I just I don't know why they're buying at this point. Like I get it, it's two players to be named later. Like it's not giving up much, but at the same time, like Why give up anything? What is an old catcher and an even older third baseman gonna do for you?
0: So Robinson Chirinos on the season, negative 0.6 war with an OPS plus of, you ready? Five. What? Wilson Ramos, 0.1 war with an OPS plus of 75. Literally 70 percentage points better than Robinson Chirinos. Five? Five. What's his line? 119, 224. 143, good for an OPS oh. of 367. Holy fuck! So he's only played in 14 games, which is about 20 shy of, of how many I would guess the text. I guess going to say the Texans, the uh, the Rangers have played um, because I'm sure at some point they transitioned him to backup if he hasn't been backup already. And in that, he has 42 played appearances, forty sorry, 49 played appearances on 42 at bats. Um, he has five hits. One double. That's it. And then five walks. One extra base hit. Five hits all together on the season. This is so bad. Like, why, That's what I'm saying. Why would you trade for this? I don't like, know. I refuse to believe that, that the Mets triple A catcher, whoever that is, is going to be worse than this. That's just insanity. I know. Five. It's five. His DWAR is zero, so he's not costing you anything at the plate, I suppose. But I mean, Wilson Ramos is, yeah, Wilson Ramos's DWAR is 0.3. He's that much better. Like, Wilson Ramos is literally a more complete player than Robinson Chirinos is, at, granted, at these points in their careers. So there's, there is no reason to give up shit in order to get Robinson Chirinos, other than. To piss off Wilson Ramos, which is just, uh, it's just weird.
1: Uh, This trade is, it's so
0: Mets. Oh, this is an aggressively Mets trade. So, so I guess that brings us to talk about the second part of this trade, which is um, the Todd Frazier part. Um, Todd Frazier Currently on the season, zero R, an OPS plus of ninety-two. So uh not awful, but not great. He spent most of his time at first base with some of his time spent at third and a little bit of DHing. Um, I'm assuming not much DHing because he's not good this season. Um yes. so as of right now, that means he'd either be taking the place of Pete Alonso, who's been playing first base for the Mets this season, who I understand isn't having the same year he had last year, but still you play him. Um, or J.D. Davis, who is having a great year. So, uh, or, he's having a good year. Um,
1: like I, All the positions that I would expect him to play, like maybe left field, maybe D.H., like the Mets have guys at maybe D.H. D.H. is where he ends up, because that's the only one that actually would make any sense, but do you want uh, about 92 OPS plus being your
0: that's the thing. It doesn't even make sense because if uh, right now on Baseball Reference, if you look at it, it has Johannes Cespedes penciled in at DH, which he is is not on the bets anymore, really. Um, yeah. So really, that that spot goes to whichever outfielder isn't playing between Dom Smith, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, and Jeff McNeil, and all four of those guys are hitting well this season. Um, like, like, like Todd Frazier is a ten points step down from the lowest OPS plus of those four dudes there's no reason for him to play anywhere the only spot that the Mets have below 100 OPS pluses are catcher which you're not going to find there's a, it's tough to find catchers hitting above a 100 OPS plus is a defense first position we've talked about this on the show um is first base which again you're not going to bench Pete Alonso I understand he's having a subpar year but You that potential is still there and you want to trust your guys and shortstop. And unless they go trade for Francisco Lindor, like Todd Frazier ain't playing shortstop. Like this trades dumb.
1: I just can we move on from this. We can shit on the Mets all we want, but it's not making them any better at their jobs.
0: Oh, all day, baby. All day. All right. So that actually brings us to, uh, well, I think is a really fun trade. Ross Stripling got traded to Toronto. Um, from Los Angeles, from the Dodgers, I guess I should say, two L.A. teams, uh, in exchange for Kendall Williams. What do you think about this trade? Uh,
1: It's one of those things where I think it's one of the few win-win trades. Dodgers wanted to free up a rotation spot for Tony Gosling. Gosling? I I honestly don't know how to pronounce his name, and I can't say I know how it's written. Um, And they get a fairly decent prospect in return. And Toronto gets another, you know, pitcher that they could, you know, stretch out as a starter if they need to, and push again for the playoffs. So I think it works out for
0: both teams. Yeah, I I, I think so too. So um, roster having have
1: Stripling as a relief pitcher here. That's
0: I don't. Un- yeah, I don't understand that either. He has uh, seven starts this season. No uh, relief outings that I can see. Seven games, seven starts. innings pitch. He's given up the most home runs in all of baseball this year with 12. Um, And yeah, like all of his stats this year are the worst they've ever been by at least one and a half, if not two. Um, His ERA is up at 5.6. His ERA has never been above four. Um, His FIP is currently sitting at 7.25. And that also has never been above four. So there's definitely something weird going on with Ross Stripling. But at the same time, if he was to regress back down to where ross stripling of old typically has been um this is this is this is i think a, a, a really solid pickup if if anything else with the ability to move him to the bench um uh, or sorry to to the bullpen the way that the dodgers have kind of treated him as like a flex dude in that way to give him that flexibility with a team that has been pretty pitching deprived for years um in of itself i think is a really is a really solid move so I'm I'm a fan of this. Perfect. Back to the Mets. I was gonna say, do you care about Kevin Smith for Miguel Castro?
1: No, it's just the Mets. Yeah. yeah. The um, on top of that, it's the Mets.
0: All right. So this is another fun one. Mike Minor got traded to the uh, A's in exchange for uh, two players to be named later. Later, uh, Mike Minor was a big talk about around the trade deadline last season, when he was coming off of arguably the best season of his career, um, only season he ever pitched uh, or got over 200 strikeouts when he got exactly 200 strikeouts. And the, uh, he had a lower ERA in Kansas City in 2017. But still, Mike Miner having not a great season this year, 5.6 ERA, uh, whip sitting at 1.358. But still, uh, I think the potential is still certainly there. Um, and if anything else, it gives him, um, it puts him on a team that'll actually give him run support, firstly. And uh, the, left-handed, uh, the left handed, the lefty pitcher, I think is going to be helpful for the A's as well as, again, giving a team that's been really good about getting the most of what they can out of the pitchers that they have, I think makes Mike Miner a really interesting addition to the Oakland A's rotation
1: yeah uh you know it's one of those things where Mike Miner doesn't exactly inspire incredible amounts of hope or you know inspiration but at the same time you're not giving up much and you got a guy who could help you out in the playoffs and Oakland's in a position where hey that's that works for them
0: so why not I am with it um I'm gonna skip over the Boston one because I don't care Jonathan VR going for Griffin Co Conine? No idea who that is. Um, uh, I don't either, but Jonathan Villar's a big name. Yeah, I only want to bring this up because Jonathan VR got cut by the Orioles instead of traded, right? Yes. And here, the Marlins are trading him for a prospect. And, like, I still... That's the only reason I want to bring this up. I can't get past the fact that the Orioles traded... Sorry, didn't trade. Cut. Who was... This guy who was one of their best players last year, which I know isn't saying much because the Orioles were so bad, but still, and instead of trading him for prospects to help along with the rebuild, they are very much so still in the middle of, they chose to just let him go for nothing, and now the Marlins are showing that, no, you can go get something for Jonathan VR. It is possible.
1: Did he sign a long... Like, do you still have a spot track up? Can you pull up the length of his contract he has left? Like, does he just have a ton of control that... He didn't have, you know, left on his contract last year.
0: Um, Let me, let me, yeah, I do have it still up. Let me, let me find out. Um, da-da, da-da. Contract details. No, no, it was a one. It was a one year, $8.2 million contract. That's so weird. That was it.
1: Are so we, this is a the the rental. Orleans are significantly better at running a team than the Orioles.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make rash judgments based off of one single trade, but, or not even trade, uh, roster decision, but this is just, it, it's not like it's glaringly bad. Like they, you know, like, like they traded away, uh, um, pick a, pick a guy, Manny Machado. I understand Manny Machado left in free agency, but let's say like they traded Manny Machado for, uh, for, for Ross stripling. Like that's obviously <laughs> pathetic. Um. Like, that would be a, a ridiculously bad thing to do. But it just shows that, like, it's like, if or, or if even if this was the Yankees who did this exact thing, cut Jonathan VR instead of trading him to get a prospect, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because, like, the Yankees or the Dodgers or whomever whomever has a good farm system, you have a good enough farm system, or you're successful enough right now that getting the prospect back doesn't really matter. But, like, for the Orioles, the fact that you could have gotten a prospect just to, See if they were any better than the prospects you have right now, because all you're doing is playing prospects at the major league level is pretty. Just it just seems like a, you're doing a bad job.
1: Yeah, that's how I would describe the Marlins right now. Or um, the right now, excuse me.
0: All right, let's let's poke through a couple more. Do you care about Kevin Pillar going to Colorado from Boston for a player to na- be named later? Uh, is it like 2016? <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even sure if I'd care that much then. Kind <laughs> um, of skip that. The second one. Um, oh, Starling Marte going to the going to Miami. That seems like a big deal. Uh, he went in exchange for Julio Frias, Humberto Mejia, and Caleb Smith. Um, what do you think?
1: I actually really like this for both sides. Um, I don't know. I want to say that Starling Marte had has an expiring contract. But at the same time, I am not positive. Um, at the same time, Caleb Smith is a guy that I really like the potential of. Uh, yeah, me too. The same way. I don't know who Julio Frias is. But at the same time, I think both teams, you know, did what they wanted to do. And can't beat them up for that.
0: Uh, as it stands right now, Marte has uh, one year left on his contract. Next year is his last year uh, at $12.5 million for million for the season, but that's it. Um, well, then I really like this for Arizona because they were not
1: doing anything with Marte. You
0: know, this feels like a, like a good move on both sides. I think Miami's just trying to like make the playoffs this year. I, if Miami got eliminated in round one, I don't think they would care as an organization. I think they're just making a push to – get to the playoffs for the first time under this new, uh, ownership group. So yeah, totally cool. I am a fan. Um, <laughs> Toronto getting Robbie Ray from Arizona in exchange for Travis Bergen. Do you care,
1: man? Robbie Ray gets to disappoint an entire n- another
0: country now. Oh, love it. Who gives a fuck about Robbie? Like, again, to echo one of your previous comments, if this was 2016... Yeah, right? Wow, Ooh, really? really? Right now? Fuck, no. All right. So that brings us to a, a doozy. Um, the biggest one we're going to talk about. <laughs> Michael Givens being traded from Baltimore <laughs> to Colorado in exchange for Tyler Neville. Ugh. Uh, Although I am a fan of that trade. um, I like Michael Gibbons. I'm glad he got somewhere else. We are talking about the Mike Clevenger trade. Um, San Diego has acquired Mike Clevenger and Greg Allen, and also someone by the name of Matt Waldron. um, In exchange, sending to Cleveland, Josh Naylor, first baseman, Cal Quantrill, starting pitcher, Gabriel Arias, uh, shortstop, Austin Hedges, catcher, Joey Cantillo, unassigned, and Owen Miller shortstop. Sure. Uh um, I believe you. Corwin, this is your team now. These are both your t- your, your your current team and your former team. Yeah, Tell me that's, about that's this trade.
1: You know, I am so happy we got Mike Clevenger. Uh one of the most likable players in all of baseball. Definitely was so much fun to watch uh on the Indians. Um I cannot wait for him to start. I don't know if it's tomorrow or Friday, but I will be glued to my TV for that game. Um, at the same time, Greg Allen, serviceable defensive outfielder, will be, you know, a number four guy for us. Is what it is, you know, pinch runner type of deal. Um, Josh Naylor, again, he's an outfielder, outfielder. Excuse me, I don't know why he's listed at first base. Uh, you know, not going to be a guy you really miss. Um, Cal Quantrill, former, you know, top round guy had a ton of potential, never really worked out perfectly, but a ton of potential that I am sure the Indians are going to be able to take advantage of. Uh, Gabriel Arias was our number two shortstop prospect was a top 10 guy, top 10 prospect, excuse me for us. I'm sure he's going to be the, you know, everyone's talking about how he's the Francisco Lindor replacement down the road. I can see it. Obviously he's not going to be at the same level, but you know, he should be serviceable. Austin Hedges, everyone knows Austin Hedges, defensive catcher batting one fucking 67 this year. Infuriating. Um, Joey Cantillo is probably like the, has the potential to be like the best player out of all of these guys at pitcher, just a metric fuckload of potential. Um, and then Owen Miller's a serviceable utility middle infielder, so I think Cleveland could easily come out, you know, on par. Uh, this is definitely, you know, death by a thousand cuts, whatever the correct idiom would be. Uh, regardless, you know. The grand sum of value for all those guys could be more than Mike Clevenger. If a handful of them don't work out, it's Mike Clevenger. You know, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now, having a down year. So, you know, the fact that we didn't have to give up a top five prospect, top seven prospect for him is fantastic. Um, so I fucking love this deal uh, for both sides.
0: It's amazing that you call a 3.18 ERA a down season, but in the same time, compared to who Mike Clevenger usually is, you're not exactly wrong. Um, yeah, this is this is a trade that just works out so well. So as it stands right now, Cleveland is tied for the division lead in the Central with Chicago. Uh, they're a game and a half up from Minnesota, which is just wild. It's another instance of like last season it was a big deal that Cleveland didn't buy the trade deadline because they felt as though, um, or was it over the offseason? I forget which one, but they felt as though they were like in a good spot and didn't need to, and here they are selling at the trade deadline because, again, they feel like they're in a good spot and they don't need to, and I'm tempted to say they are right as it stands right now, um, and if they can build for the future while maintaining for today and continuing with with present to t- today success, f- fucking why not? And by the same token, San Diego, in in a playoff spot, doing really well, still five games back from their division. Uh, they probably would have been buying starting pitching regardless, as Coran and I talked about um, previously. But here they are trying to make a push for, if not their division, at least a, a big playoff run. So it's uh, it makes sense for both sides based on where these two teams are at. Cleveland's been annoying as hell uh, to the rest of the AL central in terms of not being bad, despite seemingly never getting better. Uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really nifty trade. It's a cool trade. I, I'm a fan of this trade. Yeah. It's one
1: of those things where it's the biggest reason I did not end up becoming a Cleveland Indians fan through and through, you know, and decided to go hard for the Padres and boy, I'm glad I did. um, they just do not have the capital to sustain top end players, and you know to be consistent buyers and build a team the way the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, whatever the the big money teams do. Um, and it's it's how they got to run, and it's just this is a bunch of guys at extremely low costs to build up the rest of their team that you know they develop players you know well enough where this could easily work out Mike Clevenger is going to be a very very expensive guy very soon um so yeah it it works out it it does what Cleveland needed to do without getting worse well without getting terribly worse San Diego gets their guy
0: Yeah and and just- I, we'll we'll finish on, on- on this trade, there's no real point in talking about any of the other and uh, any of the other ones, and we kind of have talked about several of them already uh, that are previous to this. But you know, I I saw on 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 the Twitters, people saying this was such an overpay for San Diego. But I mean, the 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 thing I, I think escapes a lot of people's grasp is 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 the concept of positional need. Like Gabriel Uriah, uh, uh, Arias, oh, Jesus Christ, Josh, um, and Owen Miller are both listed here as shortstops. San Diego's got a pretty good shortstop. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to need a shortstop right now. I don't think they're going to need a shortstop for like maybe a decade. The idea of shortstop becoming a need for San Diego anytime soon is a unfathomable thought. So those two players right away are log jammed beyond belief and will not see the major leagues. Getting rid of them not a big deal. Cal Quantrill is a starting pitcher, so. As far as that goes, you can look at that part of it as being Quantrell to Clevenger nearly straight up as an exchange from the lineup uh, or the rotation, I should say, for San Diego. Austin Hedges not only is he not having a great season, but they replaced him with previous trades as well. And a player playing as poorly as Austin Hedges has played this season, as well as being replaceable with when never Francisco Mejia comes back from IL, in addition to again the uh, trade for Austin Nola that they've already previously made, make, make makes him super expendable uh, in, in, in in this trade. Um, Josh Naylor, I know he's listed here as first base and you're saying he's outfield. Either one of those are, is already redundant. They have Eric Hosmer at first base, who I know is, is a controversial figure, depending on how you want to talk about him baseball stats-wise, but they have him there in addition to Mitch Moreland. And while those are no long-term solutions, first base isn't exactly a tough position to uh, replace good hitting production at. So that's not a big deal either. And then I don't even know who the fuck Joey Quintillo is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, these are all players that were not going to play with the Padres. So getting rid of them in exchange for a player who will play for the Padres? I don't know how that's anything other than a great trade.
1: Like, just the fact that they were able to get, again, like a top 12 pitcher in baseball, I'm sure you could easily argue against that, for that, whatever you want. A top pitcher in baseball, a number one starter, no matter how you put it, for a bunch of low not low end, but you know, not premier prospects and, you know, MLB guys that are depth pieces is pretty spectacular. Like it I don't know how anyone could look at this trade and be like, Oh, you gave up six dudes, seven dudes for one guy? Like, come on. It's like, yeah. And this team got significantly better in the process.
0: Yeah, by by the time any of these players would have been ready to assume a major league role, whether it was with with the Padres or elsewhere, chances are the Padres could restock those position groups just via draft and other minor trade deals. Like, so right? few prospects really work out at the end of the day that, like, moving on from them for a surefire piece of talent while you're in the middle of a playoff push, especially for a team like the Padres who hasn't been there forever. Like, yeah, you do you you do this trade as the Padres every fucking time, even if it doesn't end up working out by the end of the season. You do this trade every time.
1: Yep. And I fucking love it. If I didn't already invest in a Francisco um, Tatis jersey, I probably would be investing in a Mike Clevenger Padres jersey. But
0: His oh name well. is Fernando.
1: Her name is what I say. Francisco. <laughs> you are no Francis longer Kylindor considered me. I should be removed from the Padres fandom immediately. You are legally
0: no longer a Padres fan.
1: Oh, jeez. If it wasn't on the record for, oh, God, hundreds of hours of how poor my ability to speak is, this would be a big deal. But you just chalk this up to me being me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for any regular consumer of the podcast, this is no big surprise. Uh, All right. Anything else to say about anything going on in the world of baseball? Uh, The Mets
1: are not going to have A-Rod and J-Lo as owners. More importantly,
0: they soon won't have the Wilpons as owners.
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
0: yeah, Honestly, Steve Cohen. Go ahead. I'm actually super
1: excited that it's not going to be J-Lo and A-Rod because while that would be really funny and very Mets, uh, I'm very happy that the Mets are going to have someone with the capital to invest in this team uh, and, you know, hopefully make it a winning franchise. I know, I know, hold your laughs, but the Mets have that capability. Um, it's, you know, I, I love A-Rod as a media figure because he's controversial and it's fun, but he just does not have enough money, hate to break it to you, to run a baseball franchise and be that kind of guy. I mean, I guess he could be a Derek Jeter-type figurehead, but at the same time, Cohen should be the guy that Mets fans want.
0: And he's the guy that they got. Um, they, they, they've they gone from white-collar criminal uh, doopee in the Wilpons to white-collar criminal <laughs> committer in Steve Cohen. So they're really climbing the ladder there. Uh but, at the end of the day, like he didn't actually uh, get <laughs> get tried on anything or charged with or I guess I don't know he didn't get found guilty on anything and paid his his money in hush and uh you know wanted the Mets. he's a billionaire, and, and now he can afford to pay Todd Frazier another contract, so. <laughs> Uh, that's sad. real happy for you, Mets. I'm sure this will go as well as everything else you thought would go well, yeah, hopefully this doesn't get fucked up like everything else, everything else in the Mets world. Uh, eh. yeah, yeah,, yeah, Uh, you know it is what it is. I am going to reserve further judgment until um anything that Steve Cohen could possibly affect actually changes um. So I guess that's that on that. Do you want to move over to the NFL? Yeah,
1: let's finish up on some short NFL stuff.
0: So I guess, should we start with the Yannick Ngakwe trade? Yeah, might as well. All right, so uh, do you have it up in front of you? Because I forgot to pull it up.
1: Give me 10 seconds. Nine, eight. Well, I typed
0: Y-A-N-N, and I immediately got uh, Yannick Ngakwe trade. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not
1: a whole lot of words that uh, start that way. Um, no. So Yannick Nagakwe was traded for a second and a fifth round pick, conditional fifth round pick. Uh, the fifth round pick becomes a fourth if Nagakwe makes the Pro Bowl this season, highly likely, and it becomes a third if he makes the Pro Bowl and the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Uh, less likely, but still in that realm of possibilities. Um, I like this trade. I'm sure that was going to be your first question, how you feel about it. Um, The Jags were kind of in a spot where they didn't really have a choice because Nagakwe was so vocal about not wanting to play for him and being young and good enough to that so that he's going to get, you know, he's going to get bitters. Um, You know, second and a fifth. Yeah, I mean, you probably could have gotten more if you look at the the I think it was D four deal. They got like a first and a third, um, which is you know around the realm of what he could have gotten if it wasn't he wasn't so vocal about demanding a trade. Uh, which it drives me nuts how often players do that. Uh, I guess they don't give a shit what they get traded for. They just want to trade regardless. Um, you know. Vikings obviously are getting a superstar player for less value than he's worth. So I think it's a fair, fair deal in the circumstances around it.
0: What do you think it says about the culture of, uh, brewing there in Jacksonville though, that we have, they have shed shed talent. Um, and here's Yannick and and uh, yet another really good high draft pick, uh, I think first round pick player that is demanding to leave the team, um because by all accounts, it sounds like Shad Khan's a good guy, the guy who okay. owns the team. um that's yeah, everyone says that, and I have nothing to dispute that, um because that's what everyone says he seems, and he seems like it too. And yet players are like jump chomping at the bit to get out of there, um with Yannick Ngakwe taking like almost a six million dollar pay cut to leave.
1: mm hmm so what do you think that says? Oh, man, I would not want to be a Jacksonville fan right now. It's just brutal when you look at it, just how how quickly they torpedoed a team that went to the AFC Championship, honestly deserved to win and go to the Super Bowl that year, and probably could have won it. Uh, and have just turned it into an absolute joke of a team with no discernible value anywhere on the roster well, who who's the jaguar superstar right now don't say gardner Minshew because it's he's uh, uh can you name an above average player on the jaguars right now?
0: Dude, I'm struggling to think of a player on the Jaguars right now.
1: It's not good. It's really not good. Let me pull up their actual depth chart so I could really just bask in the glory of how poorly built this team is. But like, there's what, like five guys left on the entire 53-man roster
0: from that championship game? The aka the world's shortest playoff window, and their playoff window was one season. I've never seen a playoff window that short before, and it's crazy because it also
1: came out of nowhere. It's not like, oh, like this is the Jaguars' year, like they're building for this. They made you know all these baseball kind of trades where you shed a bunch of young players for good veterans and whatnot, and you build a team that's a juggernaut for one season. They kind of just popped up out of nowhere a few good trades good young players stepping up and defense really stepped forward yeah and it's just god like what happened and and the thing about it is like Granted, I, i'll tell you what happened it's it's taking fucking leonard furnette instead of one of Deshaun Watson or patrick mahomes
0: but well yeah that's a big part of it because they're betting on blake bortles um Man. And as much as you you know, we can point at all the 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 missteps. Sorry, what'd you say?
1: As I look over to the Blake Bortles jersey in my closet.
0: Oh yes, that 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 classic mistake in terms of both the purchase um, and the gender of the purchase. Uh, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's. It feels tough to just point at the fact that like they started losing, so it's like yeah, all my players wanted to leave because a lot, lot of teams suck, like, Mm -hmm. and and the players stay because they either they want to or they just don't want to leave so bad that they're looking to get traded. Like every team everywhere has bad players. Sorry, are good. Every bad team everywhere has good players that and and they. A lot of them stay on the team, be for you know whatever reason keeps them there, and yet the Jaguars haven't been able to maintain a- any of them. Like none of them. I, 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 it's it's unfathomable. Like you know, Joe Thomas played on on the Browns when they were fucking awful for years and I'm never left. left. Yeah, and I'm not sure. And obviously, you know, Joe Thomas, you can say he's a really great guy. Maybe these guys are that are leaving the Jaguars just aren't really great guys. That's a weird position to take, but like, all right, maybe it's true. Does that not speak to something within the Jaguars organization, though, that they haven't picked out the type of dudes who are willing to stay through bad seasons? That there's no leadership there That's that's helping keep and retain high draft pick talent? Like, no one's there. They're all gone.
1: They gotta get rid of fucking from the Giants Tom Coughlin yeah it's yeah. just he has not done what they advertised you know what they brought him in to do which is build a winning atmosphere I think he's done a lot of the opposite uh and really alienated a lot of marquee players and honestly I don't even know if he's still there he might have already been fired this offseason um, that's actually
0: a great question I have no idea
1: I just I care so little about the Jaguars I don't remember also the fact that there's been a lot more going on um yeah past teams coach Jacksonville Jaguars back in 2002 um he is it doesn't why why won't this say
0: because he, he wasn't a coach, he was a president. I think
1: he was.
0: Maybe you're right. Oh. Because, uh, yeah, he was fired uh, in December. Good. I, I mean, it, as weird as it is to say, because Tom Coughlin, uh, from the area you and I are from, uh, has always been a name synonymous with success and respect due to his time with the Giants, and holy shit, he needed to get out of there. Like, wow. Um, and, you know, part of that, i'm sure is his coaching style i think another big part of it's just changing in coaching communications these hard-ass dudes like coughlin like belichick like parcells they're they're not around anymore like those guys aren't in the nfl anymore Parc- uh, uh, uh belichick is because he can't stop winning but like there's no more bill parcells around there's no dicks like there there's guys who who might Mike use more colorful
1: banished from the league essentially. He's been
0: blacklisted. Who? Mike Ditka. Oh yeah, my God. But like what because teams teams don't want that guy around anymore because those guys cause players have a lot more agency than they did when those types of coaches were around. And if you are the star player for a team and everyone knows it, guess what? You don't have to put up with some coach's bullshit. And uh, and everyone knows it. Like, you know, if 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 you're Deshaun Watson, and uh, I don't remember who the coach of the Texans is anymore, but if, if his coach, who is it? Bill O'Brien. Is he so? Oh, is he still so the coach? Did they not hire a new coach yet? No. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Um. <laughs> um. Anyway, if I'm Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien starts giving me a ton of shit. Like, you know, going to practice is such a chore and mentally taxing because you know you're going to go there, you know you're going to be the best player on the field, and you know your coach is going to give you a hard time for no reason, and you don't feel like putting up with it, guess what? You don't. You have enough talent and enough understanding of of your talent respected to league talent and the desirability of your position, you can just be like, I ain't fucking playing with you guys anymore and leave. And it's a viable strategy because guess what? Your team knows it's true. Um, And there's just no place for a guy like Tom Coughlin anymore where my strategy is play how I want you to play or I'm going to get in your face and tell you you're a fucking asshole because guys don't want to deal with that guy anymore.
1: Josh, you want to hear the most ridiculous thing ever that I am truly amazed that we completely forgot about? Tell me. So this is the last paragraph in his work experience section on Wikipedia. Tom Coughlin? Yes. On December 18th, 2019, Coughlin was fired by Jaguars owner Shad Khan. In a statement, Khan said he had already planned to fire Coughlin at the end of a lackluster season. However, he reportedly decided to oust Coughlin right away... After the NFLPA announced it had won a grievance filed by linebacker Dante Fowler, the Jaguars' former third overall pick, now of the Atlanta Falcons, Fowler contended that the Jaguars had improperly fined him a total of $700,000 for not attending team rehab and medical appointments in Jacksonville during the 2018 offseason. That should have been optional, optional under the collective bargaining agreement. The NFLPA took the unusual step of publicly warning free agents against signing with the Jaguars because of Coughlin's reported disregard for player rights. According to the NFLPA, over 25% of player grievances in the past two seasons had been filed against the Jaguars. Wow. How you know, did we forget about this?
0: Yeah. You know what's crazy is I remember that. And you're right. I completely fucking forgot about it. Holy shit. Yeah. That, wow. Like, I know we d- talked about it because of, you know,
1: I remember said and just how big it was at the time. But like, that is still so fucking massive and amazing that no one talks about that anymore. Yeah. That, that and, like and eight months ago.
0: And that Nine, feeds so well ago. into Finally. my narrative because, because that's a culture because that's, that's Tom Coughlin saying, fuck you to a player yeah. just monetarily. Like no one wants that ar- around that guy. That guy's fucking done our time of seeing 70-year-old white dudes giving crazy amounts of shit to players on the sidelines is done. All You're, you're going to get way more Sean McVay's than you're going to get Tom Coughlin's going forward. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Spe- I,
0: speaking of... I hope,
1: I hope the Jaguars figure this shit out because it's ridiculous. Get oh, it's,
0: un- it's unsustainable.
1: Draft Trevor Lawrence, draft a top quarterback this year, Year. Steal away Dabo Sweeney, give him the reins. Get yourself a fucking young up and coming general manager. You know they're out there. They're not terribly hard to find, and just rebuild from the bottom floor, foundationally. But Move to Portland. The cons to
0: do it. Go ahead. Uh, what? Oh shit! What was I about to say? Damn. It. Oh, I remember now. Um. I was going to pivot off of this. Is that okay? Pivot. All right, cool. Uh, So the NFL also said that they were going to start putting, uh, what were the, I forget the phrases they were going to paint in the end zones. I think it was like, uh, end racism now. um, And uh, enough is enough or some, some shit like that. Um, You know, statements on, on, uh, ending racism and 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 bringing awareness to social justice causes, and I think players are also going to have something to the effect of "end racism now" or "Black Lives Matter" put on cleats this season. Um, and I can't help but but put a a very questioning glance at this and have it rub me the wrong way a little bit, yeah, because of how insanely disrespectful they were to Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I get that, you know, he was ahead of the times, so to speak, but wow, they fucked him. Um, and I can't believe this is the biggest thing we got. This feels like nothing. It, 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 it feels like absolutely nothing. Um, and I know Goodell's been out a little bit more. I saw him do an interview with Colin Kaepernick where he relatively, personally apologize to him for his insanely poor treatment some might say illegally poor treatment um, mm. and I I can't help but look at this and think to myself it's it's just not enough and I know I'm sure there will be more because I'm sure that the NFL is also knowing that this isn't enough but as of right now I don't whatever the NBA does in order for me to to have any type of faith in the NFL, they need to double it. Whatever the NBA does, the NFL needs to look at that and say, we need to do that two times over because of how much of a role they played in in the public discourse around this being what it was for so long.
1: It will never happen, though, and that's what I'm so upset about is, you know, the NFL absolutely looks at their fans and sees, wow, the majority, likely the majority, I have no idea for certain, but in their eyes I could easily see them saying, wow, so many people would be fucking angry as sin if we ever tried to stand up for minority players. And I just, they are going to look at it and say, we are going to lose so much fucking money. They're they're, they're not going to stand up and they're not going to have a voice and they're going to keep only going as far as public interest is willing to take them without having to go past their quote unquote comfort zone. And... That's something, you know, we keep applauding the NBA for and we're going to continue to applaud them for because of how well they're doing it, you know, with their ability to get ahead of, you know, following in the wake of public interest and going out on their own to, uh, what's the word, you know, forward these causes and do everything in their power to get this word and message out there and doing it for the betterment of their players. And the fans and the people of this country and the NFL just doesn't care. They care about the money, not the message, and that's why they're giving us this empty, half-ass bullshit.
0: Uh, it's. I, I wanted to sit here and say, you know, if the if the MLB can put Black Lives Matter on the pitching mound, the NFL can do something more. But at the same time, the MLB hasn't exactly been the poster child of. Of uh, of success when it comes to um, even just carbon copying what the what the NBA does. It's granted, some MLB teams have done it, but uh, but as far as um, coming down from from uh, league leadership, it has been absolutely silent. Um, and because uh, I was going to say, the MLB's average age demographic is like. 10 years older than the NFL's, I think. So, in theory, the NFL should be able to absorb uh, whatever criticisms they have, whatever criticisms they get from being more active on social justice issues more readily because the average age of their fan is younger. So, chances are they're just not going to be as impacted by it should they receive any type of pushback uh, as compared to the M- MLB. But at the same time, the MLB hasn't done fucking shit. So, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But here I am. Here I am, continuously having. Bare minimum levels of faith in people, and having that dashed uh, uh, quickly and sharply.
1: Man, I really wish I was a fan of the NBA just so I could appreciate how that league is run. You know, uh,
0: I, I I do know. Uh, Adam Silver makes me proud. As he should. As he should. Um, so let's pivot back to actual football topics. Uh, now that we've, we we we've, we've gotten in our jabs. Um, Dwayne Haskins has been named the starting quarterback for Washington. Um, and I don't know why this I'm is not, nice. yeah, I was going to say like it. So first off is, um, uh, wow, what's his face from the Vikings? Is he still on that team? I don't know. The, the Vikings. He was on the Vikings and then the Broncos. Bridgewater? Not Bridgewater. Oh,
1: uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. What's his name? It's his
0: fucking name.
1: uh case keenum
0: case keenum is he still on that team
1: i i think so i don't know but it's not a factor well i i I I think it was him and alex smith returning from injury as like the quote-unquote rumored like oh yeah this is the this is the competition you know we're gonna see if alex smith is ready to come back and i don't know anyone who would believe that
0: oh no alex Smith should not start a game um because i don't want him to get hurt again because he deserves everything he wants um yeah it's
1: one of those things where it's like yeah i'd love to see him come back to the nfl just to like see him get a snap you know whatever but god i don't actually want to see him like in any danger of getting hurt
0: My heart couldn't take it. Yeah, absolutely not. I am excited, though, for one, for Dwayne Haskins, just to see a a dude progress, you know, and the uh, prospect of having him getting to play with Alex Smith holding the clipboard for him is pretty cool. Like, this could be a a really pivotal year for Dwayne Haskins' growth. Um, It's just another year starting and and a really good mentor in Alex Smith, you know, on the bench. And it could be a good transitional year for Alex Smith. who I, If I was Alex Smith, and I'm sure Alex Smith is approaching the season with the mentality of, I want to play, because if you're a football player, if you're an athlete, that's the mentality. Um, But at the same time, if I was Alex Smith, I'd be thinking to myself, this is a good season for me to think about whether or not I want to be a coach. Mm. And approaching my season that way, Um, in in addition to all of my I want to be a starting quarterback ambitions, I would think about, like, could I be a coach next season or whenever my contract ends, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, Right. Because I think from everything we've ever heard about him, um, especially most recently from Patrick Mahomes, he sounds like he'd be great at it.
1: Oh, I have all the faith in the world of him being an excellent QB coach. I, I definitely couldn't say for sure whether or not he'd make a good actual coach. Um, but that's, you know, obviously I'm not going to know that. But, but yeah, yeah I, I'd love to see him embrace that kind of role.
0: I, I yeah, I, I I, think based on everything we've heard, it would be pretty cool. I don't know anything about anything, but I think it'd be pretty cool. Um uh, Joe Joe Mixon, did I get that name right? Yeah, yes. Joe Joe Mixon signed a four year deal for forty eight million dollars. Um, that's a lot of money for a running back. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's like what twelve
1: million a year for a top end running back. Honestly, I I don't hate it. You know, I'm not the biggest Joe Mixon truther in the world. Um, but at the end of the day, I. I get wanting to have a running back for a rookie quarterback, you know, be able to have that level of uh, continuity with the team, being able to rely on something other than him passing the ball. Um, They have plenty of cap space, and their O-line is pretty garbage. So he's going to need all the help he can get offensively. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm not huge on running back contracts but at the same time, this is fine. This is definitely not the kind of mega deal that you should avoid at all costs. This is fairly reasonable.
0: Right time, right place? Yeah. I got you. Um, Anthony Lynn has said that uh, Tarod Taylor is the Charger starting quarterback for week one. Any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a given at this point. Um. Justin Herbert is definitely not a player who is ready to start in the NFL, to put that politically correct. Um,
0: I fucking forgot they drafted him. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: It's one of those things where
0: I don't know how how long ago does the draft
1: with Justin Herbert?
0: What's up? How long ago does the draft feel at this point?
1: Uh, Four or five years ago?
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, I yeah, I, th- this is I think the same situation we see like every rookie quarterback in at this point. Like whoever the presumptive eventual backup is gets the starting role in the first few weeks to one give the rookie quarterback more time and two to see if you can get anything out of your backup um, on, before you have to transition uh, to your your rookie. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that be for the seasons lost, give the rookie the reps reasons. Or uh we're actually playing relatively well outside of our quarterback, but our quarterback's bad. Let's play the rookie to see if we can save this season. it's basically what the Giants just did last year or two years ago with um Dan Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Um it makes total sense. I mean, I, I, I think we all looked at the Chargers last season and saw a team wh- whose quarterback was actively losing the games, right? Yeah. So Tarot Taylor might not win you games you shouldn't win, but he'll probably not lose you games you shouldn't have lost.
1: No, uh, I think he's definitely an improvement over the hollow Phil shell Weber, of, that we saw last year. Yeah, that shell of a man. Um, you know, I I still am not super high in Justin Herbert, but I will say if it gets to a point where. They want him to start. I think Tyrod would be an effective veteran backup for a young guy. Um, We'll just have to wait and see at this point. But I think one of my bold predictions for the NFL season when we do them is that Tyrod Taylor will start every game.
0: Oh, a sneak peek into the NFL bold predictions, which also – How crazy is it? I guess that should be one of our our next episodes pretty soon Uh, because the NFL season is, like, around the corner.
1: Yeah, I forgot that was a thing that we had on the docket to do and, like, needed to do because it does not feel like the NFL season is anywhere close.
0: No, and in fact, it starts one week from the day this podcast airs. This podcast will release on September 3rd. The first game of the season is September 10th. It is one week away. So I guess what I'm saying is expect next week's episode to be the Bull predictions episode. But at the same time, it's crazy um, because this all started COVID, I should say, like right after the NFL season. And yeah. we have been in a loop of holy shit, the, you know, time is going exceedingly fast, and holy shit, time is going exceedingly slow pretty much since then. And it's wild that we're now back at the start of the season.
1: Remember when we were talking about how crazy it is that they're ch- like changing the NFL draft to like online because of all this?
0: I remember I was talking about the possibility of the NBA maybe po- postponing their season, like, and yeah. and it still hasn't finished yet. Like they're still playing it now. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I, I I I remember. I think we were recording the day they officially postponed their season because I think we talked. I think I got the notification while we were recording. We talked about it off the on on the cuff, like. Damn, that... Fuck, man. Fuck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I feel perfectly ready to have an NFL season right
0: now. I I guess so. I can stay up for it. I'm home all the time. <laughs> uh, man, I just... The
1: faith I have in the NFL to have a safe season is almost non-existent. Um,
0: I we'll will stay. say... To the NFL's credit, um, every time I see testing results from them, they have been really low. They they've been yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, between zero and and ten, like consistently, which is very impressive.
1: It's yeah, it's just one of those things where when it gets to the thick of it, is it uh, is it gonna stay put? No fucking clue. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know.
0: Um, Any other any other um, NFL-related thoughts? Uh, Leonard Fournette got released. Oh, shit. That's right. We didn't talk about that. No.
1: I don't know how to feel about uh, that.
0: <laughs> so the Jags are saying that they tried really hard to trade him, and nobody wanted him even for, like, a seventh-round pick. And so they were... They were, they had no other option other than to cut him. Like, how, first off, it's crazy because it's like, well, we can't play him. That'd be nuts. We have to cut him. On one Uh, hand, it's
1: like, wow, I kind of believe it because they did get to the point where they cut him. And at the same time, it's like, how did nobody want to give up? I get like the contract was probably it, but like a seventh round pick, a future seven. Cash considerations? Anything? I don't know. And maybe it's but money. Maybe it's wanting you know, hoping he signs an actual contract and can get them a compensatory pick next year. I don't know. But regardless, it seems like he is still just too talented of a running back to be in this spot. But
0: I, I don't know. He he know. did, he did also clear waivers today too.
1: Yeah, I mean that's not surprising. Um, just because, again, he has like four million left on his contract, four and a half, something like that for this year. Maybe more. I'm speaking out of my ass right now, but at the same time, I don't think people are clamoring for a running back at this point in the season. I mean, nobody is really missing out on that right now. You know, nobody is one running back away. Except for the Jaguars. But
0: and again, we mentioned this earlier, but they took Leonard Fournette instead of taking one of Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. And wow, does that look worse in retrospect? Uh as bad as it was at the time, uh or really not even at the time. At the at the point at which both those dudes broke out, it looks even worse now that the dude that they took over those two dudes is not even on the team anymore and didn't even play out his rookie contract
1: it was uh it was rough at the time it was rough immediately after when we saw how good those quarterbacks were boy it's just funny now because god that's just it's Dumb. so clear that like you don't take running backs that high unless they are Just multi-faceted difference makers all over the field. And And also, Christian McCaffrey is an exception. You know, Saquon Barkley, likely an exception. You know, even then, I thought that was too high for Saquon. And I am as big of a Saquon fanboy as you're going to find
0: anywhere on planet Earth. But it's... uh, and I will also say, as much as people are taking this from the, the Leonard Fournette angle, Blake Bortles, everyone knew he wasn't going anywhere at that point. The fact that they gambled on Blake Bortles for literally any player, whether it was a de- an, a, you know uh, an all-pro defensive end, quarterback was a need for them at that point. Mm-hmm. Bortles was not good, and we all knew it. Everyone knew it. Like, yeah. the fact I mean, that they had that draft pick one, and didn't take him. Oh, yeah.
1: They had that one phenomenal season where he threw a shit ton of touchdowns to Allen Robinson, and that was it. And they were like, "This, we we are going to unlock this guy.
0: They treated him the way the Giants are currently treating uh, um, Leonard Williams. Well, you know, we got to see what, what we got in him. He's been in the NFL for years. We know what he's got. Yeah. It's not enough.
1: Nope. and uh, boy, you are gonna pay the price down the road. That's for sure.
0: Fuck yeah, man! Jesus Christ. Um, anything else in the NFL we might have missed? Uh, Alvin Kamars threatening to hold out. So that 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 story got debunked today. Kamara was like, "No, I'm not." Um, and then the and then he reported to Saints camp, and okay, yeah. That that's ended up being a weird non-story. I, 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 I guess my guess would be that the Saints put that out there to try to slander Kamara into, you know, giving him bad press and try to get him to take a lower deal or something like that. But it, it honestly sounds at this point more like a miscommunication than anything else, or or just bad reporting. Tough to say. That, that's one of the tough parts about sports journalism. There's a lot of pride that goes into being first, but that then leads to a lot of issues with being wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where I couldn't imagine the Saints going out of their way to slander their star running back um, to save some money when he's already under contract or for whatever possible reason they could have. I honestly would just chalk this up to this bad reporting and people trying to
0: buy clicks yep i i I think i would lean that way too anything else um that is all i've had all right uh well the uh the nba playoffs are still going have you watched any of them i have not watched a minute (laughs) uh i keep meaning to but i also and i genuinely do mean that But I also keep picking baseball because baseball is my favorite sport. And even though Cor and I have talked about it, it feels weird watching sports right now. It doesn't feel like I'm supposed to be watching sports right now. Um, So I'm kind of forcing myself to watch sports right now. Um, I don't feel like trying to watch two at the same time, and I'm not going to pick basketball, a sport I usually don't care about, over baseball, a sport I usually do care about, so... I haven't watched much either, but it's been a it's been a real treat following the uh, uh, NBA storylines on Twitter this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, NBA has always been one of those leagues and basketball has been a sport where it's I follow the offseason stuff fairly closely because it's so fucking exciting all the time. Um, but I can't tell you the last time I actually watched a game on TV.
0: Yeah, it's fair. I'm 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 trying to commit to myself for both hockey and and basketball that I'll watch the finals. That's what I'm committing myself. I'll watch the.
1: I'll likely watch the finals for hockey. Um, depending on the teams, I will not make any promises, just because it uh, could easily end up being a series I just do not care about, um, and I do not know how much time I'll have to actually watch them. But uh, yeah, I mean. Honestly, the baseball playoffs are coming up
0: fairly soon, too. So, oh, one month, yeah. Uh, r- real quick, though, um, who would you want to see in the finals for, uh, mm-hmm. for basketball?
1: Oh, in basketball, I want the Lakers because I always want to see LeBron in the finals because he just turns into a different kind of player. Um, in the East, uh, shit, I don't know. Maybe like the Heat because that would be funny. Maybe the Bucks because we've never seen them in the finals. They're
0: already eliminated. Oh, wait, the Bucks? No, they're still in it. They're playing the Heat. No, the... Oh, sorry, they are. I, I misread it. My bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. They are yeah. playing the Heat right now.
1: I only know that because Giannis plays for them, and otherwise I also would have easily believed that.
0: Giannis uh, Ngakwe.
1: Yeah, Giannis N'Gokwe. <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> Uh fuck what was I saying? Yeah, otherwise I don't know. I mean the Sixers are out. I don't want to see the Celtics because fuck, fuck Boston. Boston. Yeah, fuck Boston. My old roommate was a big Celtics fan. I cannot have that. So
0: Yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see the Lakers because I want LeBron James to be universally considered the best basketball player of all time over Michael Jordan. Um because I think Michael Jordan's a pretty shitty dude, and LeBron oh, James exactly. seems to be... Yeah, and then LeBron James, by all accounts, seems like a really great guy, and I would rather have the guy who is universally considered the best of all time at a sport be a guy who's you could also reasonably look up to, right. because nobody should look up to Michael Jordan.
1: No, 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 no. no. And that's the one thing, just total... Eh, not total, but a bit of a non-sequitur about the... Uh, last dance documentary the fact that he produced it sucks cuz we don't get to see the bad side of you know michael jordan the compuls like just the, the gambling addict gambler and just all the shit he pulled over the years and it would have been cool for sure
0: yeah i i would much rather um uh root for the guy who started his own school in his hometown to help underprivileged youth than the guy who like try to justify his gambling addiction by saying it's not a gambling addiction. It's a competition addiction. And it's it's like, all right, man, that's cool. It's still a gambling addiction, but like whatever floats your fucking boat, you can call Um, it
1: like fucking communion wine. All you want. You're still an alcoholic.
0: Yeah. 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 You're not a, you're not a beer enthusiast, Steve. (laughs) You're drunk. (laughs) <laughs> you are an alcoholic. No one cares about your IPAs. Uh so anyway. Six
1: glasses of wine, Karen. I'm not an alcoholic. It's a tasting. Jesus. <laughs> um some uh, part of that is a South Park quote. I don't I got know it. I, I, I <laughs>
0: did I, I did pick up on that. Um yeah, it's the same thing for, for hockey for me too. Like I would like I don't want to see the Bruins in it.
1: Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Fuck that. Um, Does anyone
1: outside of Boston want to see
0: the Bruins in it? Can't possibly be true. Um, I I would love. Apparently, the Canucks are still there, Um, and I would love to see them make it because what a cool turnaround that would be. Same thing with the Avalanche. Um, And really, I'm I'm rooting West Coast here because I don't I don't like any of the East Coast teams left. So, um, and whereas I'm cool with any of the West Coast teams, so. Canucks or Abs would be really dope, but I would gladly take Golden Knights or or or, uh, or Dallas Stars.
1: And Dallas is one of those teams where I just I can't force myself to care about them. It's not that I dislike them; I just I've never given a shit.
0: Oh, I wouldn't say I care either. But if I had to choose between Dallas or any of the following of the Flyers, the Islanders, or the Bruins, I will buy a Dallas jersey. Fuck. Fuck those three teams. I uh, I won't go
1: that far because hockey jerseys are expensive. But
0: yeah, That's I would true.
1: really, truly hate, despise to see the Flyers in it. Um, Islanders, I would honestly... The only thing I could f- like think of for why I wouldn't mind is the fact that John Tavares isn't on that team anymore and them going to a Stanley Cup final without him would be so funny
0: eh fuck Yeah. Eh, that's eh. my stance fuck them. Again, uh,
1: I don't care enough to argue against that
0: <laughs> there you go uh, Any anything else before we kind of get out of here
1: nah I'm good this is a long ass podcast
0: yes sir we had a lot to talk about today which is always good feeding your ears that's what we're doing we're spoon feeding your ears with nonsense and garbage. It's a good uh, thing
1: I already mentally prepared myself not to watch one of the uh, podcast movies today because, oh boy.
0: Yeah, long. you'd be in
1: trouble. There's not a whole lot of time left in the, this day.
0: No, sir. All right, then let's get out of here. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. You want to hit us up the email. You can do so at juicenumbers at gmail.com. If you want to listen to the move, uh, Movies Edition, uh, it comes out on Tuesdays. So it, it came out two days ago. There'll be a new one next Tuesday. Um, you can find that at uh, Big Screen Juice on Twitter or, or email it at juicingthebigscreen@gmail.com. And uh, until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.